Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. War Eagle, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion. Part of the E2C Network, I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared Davis. I've also got another guest on here as well. I kind of hinted at it during our last podcast, but with the Music City Bowl getting matched up against Maryland, I thought of no better person. Obviously, Jared, you're great. But let's be honest, we don't know that much about Maryland. I brought on somebody that I know very well. I used to work with them for a few years, and uh, I call him Swaggy Z, but his real name is Mark Zoller. Really cool guy, great guy to know, and uh, he has a lot of Maryland knowledge. So, Mark, welcome to our podcast. Welcome to the No Huddle Show, and uh, we're really excited to have you on. Learn some more about the Maryland Terps, whatever the heck a Terp is. I hope we learned some things from you during this podcast. How are you doing, Mark? I'm doing great, AJ. It's a pleasure to be with you and and Jared tonight to be with some old friends. I was super excited to see uh, this matchup for the bowl. Uh, Not many opportunities for Auburn and Maryland to square off. So a quality opponent um, is a great way to end our season and and, uh, just excited to share a little bit about Uh, Maryland football and and talk about this great game that I think we're going to have. Yeah, I'm really excited, too. Uh, I think we looked it up previously because we were curious, how long has it been since we played Maryland? Because both of our memories, it's been a while and it has been since 1983. So 40 years and uh, well before my time. I don't know about y'all old farts over there, but, you know, uh, that's been a while for for y'all. And uh, I'm really excited to see what this uh, comes up. And what Auburn ends up doing, because there's a lot of, um, you know, obviously hype around uh, how Auburn kind of had some great success um, and then fell just slightly short in the Iron Bowl. And, uh, you know, I think Auburn, you know, if you looked at a six and six Auburn team and you'd say, do they have momentum? Might not necessarily think so. Um, But this is a different year, I feel like. Um, And then Maryland also having a fine season. I remember Mark, I was texting you maybe like six, seven games into the season. You were thinking, I don't know if Maryland's going to make a bowl game and you're seven to five. Um, kind of, kind of give us the story of, um, you know, first off you as a Maryland fan, um, how you became a Maryland fan and then, uh, kind of transition into where this year has taken Maryland. Yeah. Happy to do that, AJ. So, 
uh, my ties to uh, to the University of Maryland are long and deep. So for your viewers, I'm quite a bit older than AJ. I won't say exactly how much, but um, uh, so I have a long history with the institution. Born and raised in the area, I probably grew up anywhere from 10 to 25 or 30 miles from from school. And uh, so naturally was a big uh, a Maryland fan in all sports, you know, mostly, uh, of course, basketball and football. As a young kid uh, and as an ACC guy, I know we're in the Big Ten, but we were, you know, the the Jefferson pilot and then Raycom game of the week in the ACC used to be what we'd always watch. So I grew up going to games, watching games, being a huge fan. Uh, and then when I was still still a kid, my my mother, she finished her degree um, at night at Maryland. And so um, she would go to class in the evenings. And I would ride on down with her. And while she was at, at class, I'd go up to the student union. I'd get, I'd get something to eat. And then whatever game or whatever sport was in season and practicing, I sat there and watched it. So it could be cool. men's or women's basketball. It could be football. It could be lacrosse, baseball. It could be anything. So, um, you know, that was when I was probably, so, you know, junior high age. And then uh, when I was in high school, I was, uh, I played I played club volleyball and we were based out of, we played out of the University of Maryland and Maryland's coach was, you know, was our coach and we'd kind of practice alongside those guys and we'd practice and play, you know, at the U. So, you know, twice a week and, and lots of the weekends I was down there for that. And then finally, um, a lot of the local high schools would have their graduation ceremonies in Cole Fieldhouse, our historic uh, basketball arena that is now part of the um, R&D complex uh, for football. So everything I just elicited happened, you know, was part of my history with with Maryland and Maryland sports before I was ever a student there, which and naturally I was um, after that. So been a, a lifelong fan, um, even after I've left the area, uh, have been to a number of the bowl games and have kind of lived through the highs and lows of of Maryland football over the years. So in terms of uh, this year, we've um, under Coach Loxley, we've we've had another solid year. We finished seven and five, and so AJ, you mentioned uh, when I was a, at a bit of a low point in the middle of the year, uh, we had started five and zero, oh, and then we lost uh, three straight games, and and we had some tough games in front of us, and and some of those road games. So I was a little bit pessimistic about um, how we would do, but we rallied. We got a couple of important road wins in that stretch, and and we managed to um, you know finish off at seven and five. So. Maybe yeah. one other piece. One other piece. I'll I'll give you real quickly just on history and why we've been excited about the turnaround in the recent modern era of, of Maryland football. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about our quarterback uh, that we've had, um, Talia Tungavailoa, to his younger brother. Um, that's been the biggest story and probably what most of your fans know about Maryland football, if they know anything. Most of your your mm -hmm. listeners. But you know, back in the day when we used to talk about Miami as quarterback, you. Uh, Maryland was sort of the other quarterback you and in the sort of uh, 80s and 90s and into the 2000s, we put a number of um, high profile quarterbacks in the NFL, most notably Boomer Esiason, uh, Frank Reich. Um, we had uh, a guy that uh, took us to the Orange Bowl, Sean Hill, that played several years in the league. We had Neil O'Donnell after Boomer and Frank that played with the Steelers and took them to a Super Bowl. So we've got a long, proud history of quarterback play. At Maryland, and it's been nice. We've sort of appreciated that we've had another quarterback that people have been excited to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so my hometown, Alabaster, uh, that's where 
uh, Talia went uh, to high school. Uh, so my family got to see him uh, in you know, in person really close um, before he went off and uh, you know, started to kind of what he go to Alabama for like a year, didn't really play there and then transitioned right over to Maryland. And uh, that that was kind of cool to see where where he was going because of that extra tie for me, too. Um, since we're kind of talking about him, let's kind of open up the discussion around you know, him opting out of the bowl game, uh, because I feel like that's kind of the uh, obviously the trendy thing to do, especially if you are going to be going to the NFL draft. And you think you're going to be drafted pretty highly. Uh, but I, I was starting to kind of think through this. You know, he's obviously got some great stats. He's all time Big Ten passer. He's literally got 11,256 yards passing, which to me just blows my mind because Auburn can't even put together a quarterback that can throw like 4,000 yards in a season. Um, and this guy's doing it over his career, you know, over 11,000 yards. So um, I, I wanted to talk through, you know, what do you see in, Tal- in Talia and, you know, do you see an NFL kind of career with him and um, anything you know, related to the bowl game? Yeah, so I'd say AJ, he's a um, he's he's definitely on the cusp. So he, it's unclear if if Talia will be drafted, and according to all the boards, you know he might sneak in in day three or or he might not. I think he's likely to be signed as a free agent and get an opportunity to compete for a slot uh, during somebody's camp. He, you know, he's put up as you mentioned some really great numbers. How, however, he's also been prone to some shaky decision making. He's he's charted uh, 37 interceptions in 41 games, which is a number that I think when you look at some of the other factors, makes some of the scouts at the next level a little bit nervous. You know, he's a bit undersized. He's even mm-hmm. a little smaller than Tua. He's 5'11". He's like, yeah. You know, which, he's... You, know, you, you look at what uh, Bryce Young, you know, right yeah. now, he's yeah. kind of the undersized. He's, he's having some success, but also struggling a lot because I think part of that, and he's also at the Panthers, so I think part of that, but... <laughs> It, you know, you got to think like if Talia makes it to the NFL, which I think he probably at some point will, um, whether that's getting drafted or a free agency, something like that. You know, the decision making is what sets the best quarterbacks apart. Um, and I think Talia, uh, like you pointed out, interceptions are a big thing. And guess what? The competition just gets that much harder in the NFL. So you're kind of factoring all of that piece in. So. Uh, let's kind of you know focus a little bit more on the bowl game now um, with how Talia, you know, him not being there, um, obviously been the leader of your offense for, is it three or four years now? Yeah, four uh, years. Yeah. 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 So so how do you think that that's going to affect Maryland? Because in my mind, that's a pretty big loss. Um, I mean, even saw the line, uh, the betting line for this game go from like two points uh, favoring Auburn to now seven points which again, kind of, it's probably to be expected. Your starting quarterback of multiple years is not going to be leading your team in a bowl game. But, you know, from your perspective, Mark, uh, what what do you think that's going to do to the team? How does that kind of affect how you look at this game? Yeah, it's a, it's a huge loss any way you slice it. And, you know, you look at a guy who um, is leaving the school, owning the um, passing records in the Big Ten. Uh, he's thrown for huge numbers. Um, he's been the face to the program. So certainly I think it has several impacts. Uh, one is um, uh, it's, it should, you know, hopefully what Coach Loxley is going to do is, is try and galvanize the team to say, look, you know, Billy 
Edwards Jr., our, our, our number two guy, is up, and we, we've got faith in him. We believe in him, but we all have to, we have to do our jobs to the best of our ability. We have to rally around him. Everybody's got to play error-free ball and, um, you know, and support him and keep him out of bad situations. So, you know, I think one thing is you have to overcome the emotional piece of it uh, for the reasons that you stated. I think the other thing is if you look at, um, you know, play calling, I mean, does it mean they'll uh, kind of revisit the game plan and and maybe take some of the plays off of, of the play sheet for Billy? Remains to be seen. Now, one thing I'll say is Billy Edwards hasn't played um, he's played very little this year because Talia has been healthy. Um, Talia has had some injuries in the past uh, couple of years and, and Billy's gotten in there and he has shown some promise. He has a live arm. He was a transfer in from Wake Forest. So he can drop back and sling it. Um, he's a, less elusive than Talia, but, you know, he can still move around and he can run a little bit. He's bigger. So I think but here's one thing that I think doesn't change and why I think it, it's not a revamping of the game plan. When Leah was at his best and put up his big numbers, he would, uh, you know, drop back, make a decision and let the ball go. And when he would do that, uh, he would be successful. And that's what they're going to ask Billy to do. The way that this offense operates, they they throw a lot of short, medium range passes to some very talented skill guys. And so that, you know, the the strategy is to quickly get the ball into the hands of the playmakers and let them go and make plays. So if they can if they can really focus sharply on that, Billy can be successful. It's just a a matter of execution. Yeah. Mark. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I wanted to jump in real quick, and I didn't even uh, say anything earlier, but how, how do you get the, the nickname? Is it Swaggy Z, by the way? Is that what he calls you? <laughs> yeah. it, it is. So I, I don't, I've been working with AJ for I don't yeah. know how many years now. I, I don't have a nickname. And definitely not as cool as Swaggy Z. Well, I was the self-appointed uh, purveyor of nicknames when we worked together. Um, okay. and, and actually, I was credited with, uh, you know, as I used to tell people, my powers in this area were uh, – uh, were absolute, and so whatever nickname I would would tag them with, that would tend to stick. That was the one. AJ's was one of the, AJ's was one of the first ones because, of course, I met him um, after our, you know through our mutual friend Jim when I came to work there and understood the Auburn connection and and we know what a big Auburn environment it is there and and so being a very young fella at the time that I met him, um, I uh, nicknamed him Tiger Cub, and that's always uh, <laughs> you know that always stuck. So I hope that's I don't know if that's one. news. That's a new one for your listeners, but you know he is uh, still Tiger Cub in my eyes. That will but always... you'd have to ask AJ gave me that one, so you'd have to right. ask him. It's quite easy. Well, I'm gonna work on. I gotta. I got. I need to become cooler so I can uh, get one myself because I don't have one. But uh, real quick, because <clears throat> we don't uh, we don't see a lot of the Maryland games throughout the year. So for an Auburn fan watching the game, are you a team that because? I feel like with Auburn, you know by quarter one how the game's going to go. So are y'all similar in that facet of uh, however quarter one goes, that's probably how the game's going, or are y'all built more about coming back? I mean, does you understand the question? Like, we we know by quarter one if this is going to be really good or really bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, how do y'all typically operate? In games that you win, how do you operate? Well, I would say the, the number one criteria as a fan that I'm – watching is how competitive we are at the line of scrimmage year in and year out sort of any Maryland team tends to have good skill players like we 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 always we put a lot of wideouts in the league you know in the NFL and and we'll put some running backs and uh, 
So we're we're typically pretty well stocked at the skill positions. Um, at the line of scrimmage, particularly since we migrated over to the Big Ten, that's been what that's been the difference between us being seven and five and and really being able to compete with Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State on a year-over-year -year basis, and a lot of the other teams. So the question is, can we sort of hold up as the game you know gets a little bit downstream uh, and uh, be competitive at the line of scrimmage and and just play good fundamental football? And the other sort of thing that I've I've tended to watch has been, can we get on defense? Can we get some pressure on the quarterback? Because we tend to be uh, to play a lot of zone, keep the play in front of us, and you know how it is if you don't. If you don't bother the quarterback with that strategy, then, you know, he can pick you apart for 300 all day. And so it's well, been more about being competitive. <laughs> yeah, let's let's be careful 300. We, we were Alabama. Our quarterback was like five of 16 or something like that. Um, yeah. And, and and we had multiple games where we had jokes. Are we going to yeah. have 100 yards passing in that game? And, and it, sometimes we didn't have 100 yards passing because it was that bad. Mark, I will tell you that um, we, we basically only have two legit options at receiver right now. One of them just transferred. So yeah, uh, if that's comforting for you, then that, that's, that's some positive news <laughs> for Maryland fans. I can almost guarantee you, Mark, we will be running the ball like 75% of the time because I don't know if we're going to have any passing game. Maybe they can concoct some sort of plays that they can throw to a wide receiver that's wide open, but I highly doubt it. Like, we just didn't have that all year. Um, we had a few plays where, you know, we were able to make something happen uh, in the passing game, but it felt like it was very inconsistent. And uh, that's where I'm so glad we had such a deep running back room this year. Um, how, how is Maryland's defense uh, against the run? Because I think that's going to be a big matchup. If they can slow down Auburn's run game, you, you got a much better chance at beating Auburn because then Auburn's going to have to pass the ball a little bit more. And that's where the problems typically occur. Yeah, it's been, it's been better this year. That's been, honestly, that's been a weak point since we've been in the big 10. And if, you know, you don't have to know a lot about big 10 football to know that uh, sort of smash mouth run the ball between the tackles is, is still an important part of how they play in that conference. And, and in some of the years since we've been over there, that's been a real trouble spot to us. We've been better. Uh, we've got, we're good at linebacker. Um, so, you know, one of the guys for you to keep uh, your eyes on is a, uh, a fellow named Ruben Hippolyte. Um, he's a ball hawk. He, you know, I think for Maryland to be successful, he'll, his name will be called a lot. And um, so it will be a challenge, I think, to see how we, you know, how we stand up against uh, an SEC offensive line. But I think, you know, playing against the big boys in the Big Ten is is good preparation for that. But it, it will be uh, it'll be a nice challenge for us to see how we do against your athletes. Because I, one thing I know, watching plenty of SEC football living, you know, here is um, even a, a six and six uh, Auburn team is going to be loaded with uh, a lot of high quality athletes. And, and so, you know, I think it's going to come down to execution. Yeah. I think so too. Um, and yeah, Auburn's very much, they, they've had to, they've had to do that kind of, uh, you know, hard nosed football throughout the whole season. And that makes it tough. It kind of, you know, wears down on teams and uh, thankfully, you know, both teams, you know, both Auburn and Maryland get a month off more or less to uh, prepare for this bowl game and hopefully get some more guys uh, healthy despite, you know, all the different transfers, um, or guys opting out for the NFL, 
um, like I'll mention a handful just so um, a few that, of y'all are aware. Um, Auburn has, uh, I know a few of them, DJ James um, is opting out, Nehemiah Pritchett and uh, Marcus Harris. Um, and I think there's a handful of others, but those were just some that came to mind that I know are going to be difference makers. So um, DJ James, both him and uh, Nehemiah Pritchett, both uh, secondary players. So if y'all can get any passing game going, we already have kind of a, you know, already thinning uh, secondary. So that would be potentially a concern for me. Um, and then Marcus Harris has just been a, an incredible uh, defensive lineman for us. So um, excited to see if he, uh, where he gets drafted, because I think he's, he's got obviously lots of talent and uh, he's gone up against the best in the SEC. Um, I know that Maryland also has a handful of players opting out. Obviously we've mentioned uh, Talia, um, but do you want to mention, uh, Mark, you've, you've got a handful from Maryland that are opting out. And uh, do you want to go through those and any kind of impacts that that might make um, in this game? Well, a couple of notable ones. So in addition to Leah uh, not being with us, um, our best defensive back, Tar Heap, still is um, headed to the draft and he's opting out. Um, so it, um, you know, if, if your passing game turned out to be firing, uh, in the bowl game, that's definitely a, a big loss for us. And then another, um, not, not opting out um, because of the bowl game per se, but uh, our tight end, who was really uh, an oversized uh, um, wide receiver named Corey Deitches, uh has gone to the transfer portal, unfortunately. And all three of those players are all Big Ten selections this year. Um, so mm -hmm. certainly not having their leadership and their production. I mean, Deitches. Um, has been kind of a beast and the safety valve and and the guy that um, Leah would go to in in uh, critical situations with the ball and and a you know really reliable and big time receiver. So at the tight end position, we've got a couple other guys, but they're you know they're less experienced, and so those are those are two big gaps. So to the extent that um, Auburn decides to you know to really try and throw the ball. Not having still back there um, certainly softens things up uh, a little bit for you. Yeah, those are I, I haven't heard any of those names. So that's kind of good for us to start hearing them, because I'm sure we will. Uh, you know, some of those players will probably start you know getting pulled into the NFL, um, hopefully if they're uh, headed that way. And uh, really excited to kind of see the different matchups throughout this uh, Maryland game. Uh, speaking of some of the matchups, uh, we do a segment called Players to Watch, and we'll go through offense, defense, and special teams. Um, each one of us will pick a player on offense, and then we'll do defense, and then finish out with special teams. All right, let's start out with offense. Um, so I'll be kind of focusing on the Auburn side, but Mark, I want you to kind of focus on the Maryland side. Who are players that we need to watch on offense. So I'll kind of give you, you know, what we end up doing. So offense, I think the big thing here is going to be our running game. So I'm going to be focusing probably on our running backs. Can they get production? Um, and particularly, you know, Jark West, because right now um, when we're recording this, um, it's on the 21st of December, uh, Jark West hasn't officially announced anything. Um, I think he would be a, obviously a big one. We've already got Demari Austin and a handful of others running backs, but how can they get production in this game? Um, Jared, who is your player to watch on offense for Auburn? Mm. I mean, it's probably going to be Caleb Burton because um, he's, I mean, honestly, is he the, he's the only receiver that's had any productive plays in the last yeah. two months. Um, well, yeah, besides like, you know, fair weather and 
uh, Javarius Johnson, which, you know, Javarius is gone. So yeah, Javarius is gone and Fairweather. Yeah, you're, you're right about Fairweather. He, he's a, a tight end. So I, I forget about him, but yeah, I mean, from a receiver standpoint, <clears throat> cause we are going to have to throw the ball some, I agree with you. We're going to run probably 65, 70%, but we're going to have to have somebody try to open up the, the game plan a little bit. And I think Burton might be the guy he's going to be the, he's going to be the main guy. Camden Brown's going to have to step up too, but yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm watching Burton. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Mark, kind of from the Maryland perspective, who are some players that Auburn fans should be aware of on the Maryland side? Yeah, so the first one I would say is uh, our our primary running back, Roman Hemby. And he's a he's really he's a dual threat guy. He's a really talented runner, but he can he can catch it and hurt you um, in the screen game and um, and just on the on the quick toss. And, um, you know, I. I over the time he's been there, I've often seen him as a barometer. When they get him involved in the offense early, uh, it's really important for us. If he gets a lot of touches and he's productive, it really keeps the defense honest and it loosens us up for the bread and butter, which is the short to intermediate passing game where we get um, some of our guys working in space. But he's oftentimes sort of the, um, you know, the catalyst to get that going. Uh, another guy I'd keep an eye on is a wide receiver named Ty Felton. He ranks third in the Big Ten in yards uh, per reception at 15.1, and he was only behind Marvis, Marvin Harrison Jr. in the conference. So oh, he, wow. he's he's a talented guy. So just to like give you a little bit of a flavor of our passing game, Maryland has four players with at least 40 receptions and multiple receiving touchdowns. Uh, this year, and that was tied for most in the FBS. And the last time I looked, Roman Hemby only needed a few more catches to make it five guys that would fall into that category. Wow. So, um, so I, I would definitely those two guys, and then uh, a third one would be Jay Sean Jones because he's uh, he's our deep threat and a, a you know a speed guy and a and a big play receiver. And particularly with um, with the loss of Deitches and um, with Billy stepping in, he's going to look to those guys that have been around a long time and both uh, Jones and Felton, you know, fit that, that mold. So I imagine he's, they're going to get, they're both probably get a lot of targets, but I think it's important. They try and establish some run uh, with Hemby. And if, if they do that, we can be dangerous because we can get a balanced attack going. I mean, I have heard that the more you say the name Roman, the more people think about the Roman empire. And mm. that tends to win because think about the Roman Empire. So, you know, the guy's Roman a gladiator. Going. That's for sure. He's a gladiator. <laughs> that's awesome. Love the name. The the name of the game now is, you know, NIL and, and it's all about who's, you know, got big boosters and stuff. And I know with Oregon, you know, they kind of changed things when Nike started getting heavily involved and they do the uniform thing. Is the is the Under Armour guy? I mean, he's a he's a Vanderbilt. I mean, he's a Maryland grad, right? He's not only a Maryland uh, grad, but he played football. Kevin Plank at Maryland, okay. and so he is ah. the Phil Knight of okay. of uh, of the East Coast. So and is he heavily so, involved yes. in the school still. I mean, I'm absolutely. He he's okay. He's a major. He's a major player. Uh, he's a major benefactor. And we sort of went that way. Went like when Etzel came in, they had that deal where they had like you know 17 or 27 different uniform combinations, and yeah. every week yeah. it seemed like they had something different, and some of them. Uh, we definitely could live without, um, <laughs> but Loxley sort of settled in on three or four that he liked. And he's, he's actually been sporting a lot of the, um, the eighties throwbacks, which are, you know, 
um, my era. That's with the that's with the, that's trendy here at Auburn too, right? Now. Yeah, the Terps on the side, not the you know not the flag, but the the Terps yeah, the logo on the side of the helmet. Like, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh, but real quick, AJ, to answer your question from the outset, a Terp is just the shorthand for terrapin, and of course, terrapin is a variety of turtle. Uh, that is our mascot. And the reason it's our mascot is it uh, a terrapin is a, a turtle that lives in estuaries and tidal marshes. And, you know, the Chesapeake Bay is a, is really central to the fabric of Maryland. And so like terrapins are all over the place and they're they're in many other places, not just Maryland. But that's uh, that's where the terrapin comes from. And, and terp is really just sort of a shorthand version. Now, while in Alabama, you you may not um, people from Alabama may not necessarily relate to this, but the eastern shore of Maryland, which is anything if you go across to the east side of the Chesapeake Bay and it's very rural out there, um, out there they 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 really have uh, pretty distinctive southern accents. It's very much like the Virginia Tidewater area because it's kind of the same place. And so I think mm-hmm. Turf was always just a shorthanded people saying Terrapin and just um, shorthanding it and it sounded like Turp and that's that's how we got the nickname. Gotcha. Well, Mark, well, Mark, we we have three uh, we have three mascots at Auburn, and we won't go into all that, but uh, that that's for another podcast. But uh, we, we, we yeah, can make a whole thing about it. Yeah, at least you have one, you know. Yeah, you just and have you're one. You're confident who that is, you know. Like at least it's. I feel like you know. I think about Ohio State. You're like a Buckeye. Are you kidding me? Is that even a mascot for real? At least it's an animal, you know. Yeah. Um, now, is it ferocious and crazy? No, but like it's very Maryland. But Mark it's is very much y'all. That's he right. makes up it's, for it. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. It's AJ. It's the Ohio State, by the way. Get it right. Sorry, I I just offended a, you know all five of our Ohio State listeners. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, let's uh look at our defensive players to watch. Uh, for me, I think the key is going to be, especially with a, a essentially a backup quarterback. Uh, that has very limited experience, I think you're going to have to look to the linebackers. Because I I just have a gut feeling it'll be shorter passes, um, lots of runs from Maryland, and I think the linebackers are going to be very important in uh, slowing down that action, especially in the run game. Uh, Jared, who are you going to be watching on defense? Um, Probably Keldrick Falk. I mean, we're we're losing Marcus Harris, and – that's, they don't play the same position, but somebody's got to have to step up on that D line. Yeah. So, and I'm with you. If I you did, can... I did hear rumors that Keldrick might be moving to an interior position. I don't know if oh, that's wow. true and if that'll actually happen by next year, but yeah, he's probably gonna have to bulk he's... up a little bit. But I'm okay yeah. with that. I mean, McLeod's on the edge, right? And he's coming back. But yeah. I mean, I think any anybody really on the D line. I mean, you could do Jason Jones, who's gonna probably fill in for Marcus Harris, but essentially. Put pressure on the, um, I say young, I don't know age-wise, but young experience-wise quarterback and make him have to make quick decisions. And, you know, if you can do that, you know, you're probably going to have a decent day. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Mark, on Maryland's defense, who are some guys that Auburn fans should be aware of um, and might hear, hopefully not too many times for an Auburn fan's sake, but who, who are some guys that you think Auburn fans should know about? Yeah, so one of them I mentioned, uh, one of our linebackers, Ruben Hippolyte, and he's 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 a stud. He's one of those guys that just has a nose for the ball, and he's all over the field, and he's athletic. So um, if we if we're playing well, we will hear his name a lot, and we will sort of expect that to happen. Another one, particularly with um, Tarheep still having opted out, would be a safety, um, Dante Trader. 
Um, he had one game with a couple of picks uh, this year, and and so he's he's going to really kind of be the anchor of the defensive backs in, in Stills' absence. And um, we've had, let's see, three – We've had three or more interceptions in three different games this year. So the, wow. the, the, the defensive backfield has actually been a strength for us. Um, and I think uh, so we, we know we probably feel like we can hold it together, even with the loss of still. But I would expect uh, Trader to step up and kind of be the captain back there. And and that that's a name you might hear on, on uh, yeah. the 30th. So I, I thought of some some puns because they've got very interesting names Ruben Hippolyte so I was like hippo and I was like I really hope he plays like a a sleep hippo and not an angry hippo which if you've ever seen angry hippos they're crazy um and then I was thinking about Dante you know Dante's Inferno I was like I hope he doesn't come out with a bunch of fire I was like I just I hope he's he's falling asleep and we don't have to worry about him as an Auburn fan um so let's transition to our special teams and uh for me, I'm going to be watching because he's been so consistent. Um, Alex McPherson, our kicker, um, I mean, he hasn't missed any field goals this whole year, which is so nuts to me. Um, I mean, that's just automatic. It's it's incredible. Um, so hope he continues that streak and can be one of the very few kickers to ever say that they never missed a field goal uh, during a whole season. Uh, Jared, who are you going to be watching on special teams for Auburn? I mean... It pains me to yeah, you know, it's it's gotta be Keontae Scott returning punch, right? Because mm-hmm. if he's if he doesn't go down and, and get injured and uh, against uh, Bama, we don't we don't drop that punt and that's a whole different story. Um so we need him back there because I feel like everyone else that goes back there we're holding our breath. Um yeah, so if yeah, uh Mark, you probably saw the game. Well I won't say probably, but if you didn't we we have a normal punt returner. And he uh, he got slightly injured, and so the last punt Bama did, he pulled himself out. We put a new guy in, and that guy fumbles the ball. Yeah, um, and that that like it would have been like three minutes left, and we probably could have just ran the ball three or four times, probably punted the ball away, and put Bama at like their own twenty. Instead, they get the ball at our twenty, and they thankfully had a you know that botched fumble where it pushed him back but even still obviously like i don't want to relive it so we're not, we're going to talk we're, we're going to we don't know what happened that. after that actually yeah yeah i definitely blacked out my memory yeah but anyways we need we need to but we, we don't need to be turning i mean we're not good enough to turn the ball over um so we're gonna have to play a clean game and we need to have our best players in those key spots so i'm going Keontae. yeah that's a good one Mark, from the Maryland perspective uh, on special teams, who should we be aware of? Yes, I think I'm going to call out Jay Sean Jones. He's uh, our, one of our, our big play wide receivers, but he also runs back kicks. And he's an experienced guy. He's explosive. And I think this is exactly the kind of game we've got. We've got guys opting out. We've got our leaders not going to be there, uh, you know, if particularly if it's a shaky start for Billy in any way. And, and we need a spark. I think that uh, maybe Jay Sean can do something and it would be uh, one of those things that maybe could tip momentum in our way and, and kind of get everybody comfortable. So I'm, I'm looking to Jay Sean to make a, a big player too in the, in the return game. Yeah. And, and for Auburn's credit, I feel like we've given up a couple, you know, big, a few big returns. Thankfully, I don't think any have been housed, um, but uh, there's been some big ones. So there, there's, there's some opportunity. Um, 
So let's transition to our final little segment of the day. Uh, that is our score predictions. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, the line right now is seven points towards Auburn. It originally was around two points, uh, but with uh, Talia announcing he is going to the NFL and opting out, uh, that pushed it back up to seven points. And uh, I'll start out with my score prediction. I think it'll be kind of in that mid-20s, low-30s kind of scoring game. Um, I think if Auburn can get his run game going, I mean, it could legitimately be like a 14 to 17 point win. Uh, but at the same time, it could also just stay within a one, two score game. And then who knows um, by official score predictions, Auburn's going to win by 11. It'll be something like 35, 24 in that score range. Jared, what, what's kind of your thoughts on uh, how this game will play out and what's your score prediction? Super tough. Cause I just, uh, I just hadn't seen Maryland play football, but you know, I think it's, um, I mean, I, I got to go Auburn because I don't know. To me, it's a coin toss. So I'm probably going to go Auburn, and I'll, I'll probably go a little lower scoring and, and keep it like, you know, 24-17, I guess, Auburn. Yeah. And, and, again, that could absolutely be because think about it. The, these guys and scouts have been able to you know scout Maryland, scout Auburn uh, for the last month and prepare a little bit extra. So I feel like bowl games can either be like a completely one-way blowout or it's just like this typically a lower scoring game uh, just because <laughs> teams kind of know what, what to expect unless you throw in some crazy plays, which, hey, this is uh, this bowl season. So I hope there's at least a few trick plays and fun stuff that uh, they pull out. Mark, uh, what, what are you, your thoughts on the score predictions for this game? Yeah, so I'm going to go with the Turtles in a, in a close one, 27-24. And Really, what I'm thinking about in a game like this is, you know, you've got um, two teams with a whole lot of talented athletes on the field. Um, but also, you know, given that neither of us had quite as successful a year as we had hoped, you know, usually you're prone to some mistakes out there. And so I think this could be one of those games where uh, the team that is more opportunistic on defense and maybe can get some takeaways could figure out a way to finish on top. So I've got a feeling that we've got enough going on on defense that uh, maybe we'll get a few of the bounces our way, uh, take the ball away, win the, win the turnover battle, and uh, find our way out of Nashville with a three-point win. I hope that doesn't happen. Really. <laughs> because Auburn's on a three-game losing streak in bowl games, and I'm just like, that just hurts me by itself. Um Hey, we've been to bowls, but I feel like Auburn's motivation has not been there. Is there kind of, you know, now that Tolly is not playing and a few other players aren't playing, how do you think, you know, Mike Loxie, their head, your head coach, is going to motivate the guys to get them ready and excited for this game? Well, I think um, Mike is going to talk a lot about Maryland pride. So I mentioned, uh, you know, this is Mike's dream job. He's a D.C. area guy. He played football at Towson, which is nearby, but he's an area guy, you know, been a part of our program in all these different regimes. And this is the job he always wanted. And the reason he got the job uh, was because of his prowess recruiting in what we call the DMV, which is D.C., Maryland and Virginia. And if you can win the recruiting battle there, you can be really successful. It's a hotbed of talent, but we historically we have a difficult time keeping them at home. So since he's been the coach, there have been more and more guys from the DMV. And this is an opportunity for him to rally the troops around representing the DMV on a big stage against a first class opponent. And I think that that's that's the message he sells to get them up for the game. 
Yeah. And and it sounds like that's kind of a consistent theme, you know, even recruiting wise that he, he's telling these guys, you know, you come here, you play. I mean, obviously he's uh, got lots of deep roots in Maryland. So uh, I'm sure that that'll also help. Um, I think for, for Auburn, you know, you're looking at the motivation of, Hey, you, you don't want a six and seven season. Um, you want a seven and six season if at all possible. And uh, just with how close you were, um, to beating really, in my mind, the two best SEC teams, Georgia and uh, Alabama. And, and so you're just like, come on, we need a little bit of redemption. Um, so I think that it'll come down to, uh, I think, hopefully it'll probably be a few plays. Let's be honest, because both of these teams are going to come out uh, swinging. So um, any other final thoughts, Mark, before we get out of here that you want to share with any with our listeners? Yeah, actually, I'd like to I'd like to give a shout out um, to the Maryland football community for anyone who might be listening, but you know certainly to the broader community. Uh, the Maryland football family lost uh, uh, someone close to us last month. Um, uh, he's was a resident super fan. This is a, a personal friend of mine from college. You know, worked with him closely for years, and then had a uh, you know a friendship with him. Um, ever since. His name is Keith Special K Moore. So we're talking about nicknames and this guy had the ultimate nickname. And uh, Special K or K as many of us knew him was the resident super fan and he patrolled the sidelines uh, in a, you know, as a sort of a, an unofficial but then officially invited cheerleader uh, for the Maryland football community for decades. He was still doing it um, even recently. Uh, before he became ill and passed away. And so, you know, anyone in the Maryland football community is aware of this. It got mm. a lot of press at home, written in all the major outlets, including uh, the Washington Post. But since, you know, I had an opportunity to come and have a venue to talk uh, broadly about Maryland football tonight, I just couldn't uh, let it pass by without uh, just a, a shout out to Kay. Um, and certainly if he's listening, uh, want to dedicate this bowl game uh, to him on behalf of the Maryland football community. Yeah. And and you just love to hear those stories. I mean, Auburn has some of those super fans that have just been endeared um, to the fan base. And and like you said, uh, even Auburn has some of them that you see them on the sidelines and you're like that, that's kind of like an extra mascot, you know, in a yeah. way to get you pumped up an extra cheerleader, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I'm, I'm sure that is a, uh, very sad for the Maryland uh, fan base and uh, our condolences go out to yeah. y'all during this. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry if you was lost, Mark. Yeah, we appreciate that. And we, we, uh, you know, I hope the, the, the Terps rally and, and win one for K and um, at a minimum show their best because that's, you know, that's what he did on the sideline every week. So, uh, so we love him and we're playing for him. Um, before we get out of here, uh, Jared, how can the people stay in touch with you? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Jared Davis. And you can find me on X, Twitter, whatever you call it, at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. And Mark, how can the people stay in touch with you? Yeah, you can find me either on Facebook, uh, Mark Zoller, or um, also on LinkedIn. Um, so feel free to reach out to me on either channel and uh, would love to hear from you. Yeah. Mark, thanks for joining. Yeah, we, we really appreciate it. Thanks for hopping on and uh, giving us a... A lot of exposure into who Maryland is, kind of bigger picture, but then also 
this team and uh we really appreciate your insights and uh obviously i knew you knew a lot but uh, in the you know 35 40 minutes that we've been here i think i've known i've learned even more so that's always good to know hey um, hey guys it was it was a pleasure and as is an honor i've you know known about the podcast for a long time and aj and i've talked about it so it's really a privilege to come on and and talk maryland football and um, I wish uh, I wish Auburn uh, Auburn Nation all the best, and I'm hoping for a competitive game. And uh, we we enjoy watching it, and everybody finishes the game healthy. Yeah, yeah good sure. good luck, y'all. Let's do this uh, next year uh, in the playoffs. Let's uh, let's oh, play y'all as a top twelve team. Oh yeah, we'll have an expanded edition for that one. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. For sure, for sure. Uh, it's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.